Because Jesus first forgave us. We've been in an incredible series called The World Next Door. And, uh, you know, as we take a look at our neighbors, maybe someone very close in proximity that we live near, maybe our neighbor is someone that we work with, those people that are around us, uh, we've just been doing a real deep dive in maybe some of the Christian living characters that the Lord speaks to our hearts about what it means for us to live a life that reaches those that we encounter every single day, those that are next door to us, those that are, are around us. Us. And, and this series is going to be leading us into our next uh, incredible time that is coming up here at Saginaw First Assembly. We have, uh, in the first couple weeks of October, uh, we are going to be launching our missions convention. And we're going to have two weeks of incredible services uh, right here, and it is going to lead us from reaching the world next door to reaching the world all around the globe. Now, I just have to mention this to you because some of these names might not mean anything to you. Let me just say that all three of these services this week, we are actually even going to, on Wednesday night, October 6th, host a mission service right here that we pray you would join us. We're going to have worship and the word. But next Sunday, it all kicks off with Dick Brogdon. You do not, everybody say, do not. I want you to look at your neighbor and point at him right now and say, do not. Do not miss that Sunday. I want you to know that we called uh, four years ago to book Dick Brogdon to come and be with us, and it took four years to find a date that he had available for us to have him. I am telling you, you do not want to miss October 3rd. It is going to be an incredible service. Following that, on Wednesday night, uh, Aaron Halavin will be with us. Now, if some of you in the room, you remember or you know Jeff Halavin. Jeff Halavin walked our church through uh, seven years ago, an incredible process. He was our district superintendent. His son is going to be with us that night. He grew up, uh, part of his life, he grew up right here at Saginaw First Assembly of God. And he is coming now as our district superintendent to share with us in regards to missions. And we're going to pray over missionaries. It's going to be a great night. Uh, followed by Ken Doubt. Ken and Kendra were with us several years ago. Uh, such an incredible response to them. In fact, our church is looking at doing a missions trip to Nicaragua with Ken and Kendra. More information on that in the weeks to come. But the next uh, couple of weeks following this series are going to be very, very powerful. And uh, today and next Sunday, we're going to be looking into and diving a little deeper into how you and I can have a part in reaching the world, starting with next door, starting with those right around us. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we talked a little bit about having compassion uh, for the world. We, we, we understand what that is. We talked, Pastor Naomi brought an incredible message on compassion. And then last Sunday, we talked a little bit about mercy, which leads into what we're going to talk about today, and that is, uh, that is, and here's my, my title, I'll just start there. It's kind of a question, who do I have to forgive? You may, you may, you may say that contemplatively, kind of like a, who do I have to forgive? Or 
It could be a little more aggressive, and it could be, who do I have to forgive? Who do I have to, wait, you're saying I have to forgive. You have no idea what they, I want you to understand what the Lord is telling us today as a church living in the world that we are living in. He is calling us to walk in compassion. He's calling us to walk in mercy, and he's calling us to walk in forgiveness. Forgiveness is a strong spiritual key to living a successful life because let me tell you, in this world, you will find difficulty. You will encounter difficult people. You will have things happen, and and the quicker we learn to forgive and not hold a grudge, how many of you know someone who's held a grudge? Maybe you're holding a grudge. It's it's no fun. It, it, It does more to you than it does to those around you. So I want to declare today that we need to forgive. Don't hold a grudge. Forgive. Don't hold a grudge. Not as, as the Bible tells us, well, what do you mean, Lord? One of the disciples said, what do, you, what do you mean, Lord? Like, forgive like seven times? He said, no, forgive 70 times seven times. What he's trying to say is an infinite, infinite amount of grace, mercy, and forgiveness is what we ought to give. Following uh, our story in the Beatitudes that Jesus talks about being merciful and he gives us some incredible pictures of how to live. He goes on in that verse and he talks about some topics that, that are, are, are big topics for you and I as believers, as followers of Christ. He talks a little bit about us being salt and light how we are the salt of the earth, how we are to shine the light brightly. He talks about murder. He talks about uh, adultery. He talks about divorce. He talks about even what it means to take an oath. He talks to us about turning the other cheek. He talks then about loving your neighbor and how you and I can love our neighbor. Following that section, he talks about what it means to hold a grudge and that we shouldn't hold a grudge against anyone or judge anyone. By judging them, we hold that against them, and that could turn into that that grudge that we have. And so here, uh, it reminds me of a story uh, called burying the hatchet. How many of you have heard of the term, the phrase, burying the hatchet? That means bringing peace, like like let's bring some peace to the situation, let's get together, let's just bury it, let's bury the hatchet. Old Stan was dying. For years he had been at odds with Bill. Wanting to straighten things out, he sent word for Bill to come and to see him. When Bill arrived, Stan told him that he was afraid to go into eternity with such bad blood between them. Then, very reluctantly and with great effort, Stan apologized for the things that he said and the things that he had done. He also assured Bill that he forgave him of all the things that he had said and done against him. Everything seemed to go just fine until Bill turned to leave. As he walked out of the room, Stan called to him, but remember, if I get better, none of this counts. None of this counts. That's burying the hatchet, but leaving the handle out so you can kind of grab it out if you need it. D.L. Moody gives an incredible quote 
on burying the hatchet. He says, those who say they will forgive but can't forget, simply bury the hatchet but leave the handle out for immediate use. Country music star Garth Brooks wrote a song about burying the hatchet. His lyrics say, we bury the hatchet but leave the handle sticking out. We're always digging up things we should forget about. When it comes to forgetting, baby, there ain't no doubt. We bury the hatchet, but leave the handle sticking out. Deep thoughts by Garth Brooks this morning. The word of God is so clear for you and I as believers. We are not only to forgive, but we are to forget. We're to allow God to use us in a way that didn't he give us that kind of grace? Didn't he promise us that he wouldn't remember our transgressions, that he would cast them as far as the east is from the west? That's a long way to be thrown. Thank you, Jesus, that you've done that for us. So here's the big idea for us this morning. The big idea for you and I to understand as we dive into this passage of Scripture, which I'll read to you in a few moments. First, though, the big idea this morning is that we exhibit God's love to our neighbors by extending forgiveness to those who have wronged us, just as God has forgiven us our wrongs against him. That is the premise for you and I living in the world that we live in today, that we would be a people full of grace and mercy and compassion. It is the missing formula of what people, uh, really when we're trying to impact somebody, grace, mercy, compassion, forgiveness go so much further than bitterness, vengeance, a grudge, staying at odds, burying the hatchet, but leaving the handle out just in case I need to retrieve this and do some damage again. Which means for you and I, we can really apply this to our hearts by this next statement, which is true. I can love my neighbor by forgiving my enemies. How can you and I love our neighbor? By forgiving our enemies. Would you, if you have your Bible, would you take it with me? Uh, if you have your copy, would love for you to pull it out and read along with me. We're going to read Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 27 through 36. And we're going to take a look at this passage of Scripture together. And as we read this, I just again encourage you, if you, if you can, when you come on Sunday, bring your copy. Bring it with you. It's, there's nothing like looking at the words. And uh, we're going to read them together. Uh, if you don't have a copy, please see us in the back following service. We would love to give you a free copy of God's Word. You'll find them at the Welcome Center. Uh, and I don't have them on the screen here. So if you don't have them, uh, just listen as I read this story under the banner, Love Your Enemies. He says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. 
Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is it to you? If you love those who love you, what benefit is it to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is it? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Verse 35, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. You and I have been charged by this passage of Scripture, really, to walk in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to walk in the footsteps of our God. He is saying, be like me. I don't know about you. We're all on a journey. We're trying to be more like him. I still have steps to take. Do you have, still have some steps to take? He calls us to be more like him and to continue searching after him, walking after him, being, being that, that follow in your dad's footsteps. I'll, I'll never forget watching as our kids grew up and as I performed chores around the house and then they wanted to perform those chores. They, my son couldn't wait to mow the lawn until he realized that's work. I don't want to do that. Whatever we do, we model before our children, and boy, they just want to pick up, and they want to kind of do alongside of us and, and, and be there with us, and, and, and the Lord is telling us to do the same. He's our Father, and we should emulate Him. We should be like Him, and so as we dive in here, he, this very last sentence, which we talked about last week, be merciful, even as your Father is merciful, that last sentence is really saying, follow in my footsteps. Be like me as I give mercy, as I give forgiveness, as I forgive those, our trespasses that we've done against him. He says that we too should forgive those who have hurt us. It's not an easy thing to do. This isn't a simple command. This isn't easy sometimes to do it. In fact, many times it's, it's difficult. It's hard when we've been wronged. It's hard when things haven't gone our way. And, and I, I just want to kind of show you a couple of things here in, in the New Testament. Uh, the, in the Greek, there are two words that are typically used for the word forgive or forgiveness. And uh, both of them, one of them is used about 27 times, just a few times. Uh, one of them is used about 150 times, just over uh, 150 times in the New Testament. And these two words give us a picture of the forgiveness that God wants to give to us and he wants us to exhibit in our lives. The, in the Greek, the first word is charizome. And this word means to bestow a favor unconditionally to show oneself gracious and kind. It is a benevolence or to grant forgiveness or to pardon someone. This really shows uh, the graciousness of God to pardon us, to give us in, in, in respect unconditionally uh, something that maybe we didn't even 
deserve that we receive that forgiveness. The second word that is used a little bit more often is afiame. Afiame is a word that means to send away. What does that have to do with forgiveness? When it's used in the form of forgive, it means to set free, to let go, to release, to discharge, or to liberate. I am so glad that I have been liberated from the bondage of this world, from the bondage of sin, from the things that can grab a hold of us. The Bible says that we can receive and have received forgiveness. All we have to do is ask him, and he forgives us. And he gives us this forgiveness in our lives. In Luke 5.20 and 1 John 2.12, your sins, he says, have been forgiven you. This phrase, listen to this, this phrase is powerful. When you search it in scripture, it literally is the perfect tense of this verb in its usage, which means this. It means our sins have been put away from us permanently. Permanently. Our sins were put away at the cross and the result is that they would never be remembered against us. When we ask God's forgiveness, they are put away and never remembered. Is anyone else glad that God does that for us here today? Come on. I'm so glad and so thankful for his mercy and his forgiveness in our lives. So we too are called to emulate our Father. And those that he has forgiven, how would we dare we withhold that forgiveness from those around us? How do we win our neighbor next door? How do we empower those around us? Guess what? When they hurt you, when they say bad things about you, the Bible says that they will. The Bible says that they will treat you just like they treated him. So we shouldn't expect to be treated super. We, we understand we're living in the world and the world does not like what you and I stand for. They are very much against what he stands for. There is a rising momentum, rising against all that is called good, all that is called just, all that is called right in today's world, like never before is called wrong. And so the Lord, this to me makes this verse all the more important because the world demands judgment. The world demands vengeance. The world demands if you wrong me, I will get you back and nothing speaks louder to the world around us than when the people of God say, I forgive you. I forgive you. I know it's going to take you a minute to get there too, right? Because that's hard to do. It's not easy. Here in this series, we've talked about having compassion, not a calloused heart, giving mercy, not vengeance, forgiving now, today, and not holding a grudge. Uh, last week, I shared with you uh, a couple of movies that just really, you know, impacted. One was specific. One was a little on the, on the out there with the, with the horror. If you were here last week, I, I shared with you one of the greatest ways to, to watch a horror movie, if you ever get scared, all you have to do is mute it. And it goes from a horror to an instant comedy. 
I learned last week it works for the Lions football team, too. It works for the Lions. All you got to do, just mute it, and it turns to a comedy of errors watching. I kind of was proud of them, though. They came back last week. They, they brought it down to the end. I was like, whoa. I turned the channel. I said, skip you guys. It's over already. Went to watch the other game. Flicked back, and I was like, oh, look at them. Just like the Lions, almost. <laughs> came down to the final drive. Well, good effort, good try. So it works for both. So many stories that we watch in life, whether we watch in, in the movie, you have a, a, a person who is wronged by someone, and then the movie plot is them becoming and, 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 and seeking vengeance and seeking uh, a way to get back at them. And that seems to be the way of the world. I don't know about you. I, I start rooting for them as well. Oh, I can't wait till they get their justice. Oh, I can't wait until they, they, they get back at them. I can't wait to watch them get theirs and get what they deserve. I'm the only vengeful person here. I want to see it. I want to see the story have a happy ending. I want to see that person who is such a jerk get what's coming to them. Jesus here says, as followers of Christ, we're not out to see them get what they deserve. We're out to love them and bless them so that somehow they might know him. Mahatma Gandhi wrote some powerful words. He studied Christianity. He fought so hard for the liberation of his people from those who were oppressing them, the British colonies, and then he spent time in South Africa, and he, he dealt with, with, he learned about Christianity, and he learned about racism. He learned about these things, and as he studied them, and in the decision to follow them, he admired Christ. He thought he was an incredible man and admired his teachings. But he said this, until I see his followers walk in these ways, to me, this is powerless. And he never became a Christian. Do you realize the power that you and I have in the life that we live when we not only absorb the word and live it and apply it, when we apply it to our life, it speaks life. Did you know forgiveness, compassion, mercy, these are not readily available when you walk through these doors. I want you to know when you walk through and in these doors, this is a place where you can find compassion, mercy, grace, wholeness, healing, forgiveness. Isn't that the kind of church we want to be? Isn't that the kind of church we want to be? We don't, we don't judge people. We don't look at them. We say, thank God you're here. God's got something for you. He's got a plan for your life. It doesn't matter what you did out there. It doesn't matter because when you walk through these doors, you get to have, I pray, a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus, and that face-to-face -face encounter with him takes you back out to the world to show love, to show mercy, to show that forgiveness. That's our mission. We are his hand extended. We are trying to just be like him. To me, that's powerful. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his followers this verse from Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 27 and 28. He said, love your enemies. 
Do good to those who hate you. Ouch. Bless those who curse you. Ah. Pray for those who abuse you. Anyone else want to say no? The Bible also says in Ephesians 4, 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. During Jesus' walk and time on this earth, he encountered uh, the Roman government and the Romans were uh, an incredible force at the time, conquering lands. And they were not known for their mercy. They were not known for their forgiveness. They were very harsh and many times cruel in their punishment. In fact, if, and especially if a rebellion began to swell up all of a sudden, they were quick to put out that rebellion and usually by the means of death. Jesus is ministering under this umbrella, under this moment, and he's, he's there, and he's kind of, uh, if you can kind of just see the picture uh, during this time is when a Roman centurion sent his servant to Jesus, and he said, I, one of my servants is ill, would you come? Would you come? And, and Jesus chooses to go and to begin. He's on his way to minister to a Roman centurion under the Roman government who is putting oppression on the people of God. He could have said, no, I'm going to withhold. No, no, Jesus is our, he is our incredible, incredible picture of grace and mercy. He says, absolutely. He begins to go. As he's making his way there, the centurion sends another servant and says, Listen, I don't presume. The reason I didn't even come personally is I'm a man of, under authority. You're a man under authority. And I know that all you have to do is say the word. When I tell a servant to go, when I tell someone to do, when I say to this or to that, they go, they do. So I understand you have to do this. Jesus says, in all of Israel, I have not found greater faith than this. Because this Roman centurion knew what it meant for him to just say the word. Jesus did that. Another time he, he ministered to, um, to, to uh, uh, the Seraphonician woman and the Seraphonician woman, who was a Gentile at the time, asked Jesus to, to help her, that she needed this help. And, and Jesus gave a, a pretty harsh response back, if you really study into it. Not that Jesus was harsh. He was just stating that shouldn't I have come for the Jews first? I have come for my people. And she came back with an incredible comment. She said, but even the dogs deserve scraps. And he said... Because of your response, it will be done for you. And this really began an incredible ministry for which he came. It began the ministry of Jesus, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles and all the world to know that he is Lord. He didn't hold it against them. He didn't judge them. It wasn't based on, your, on their race or their, their societal place. It didn't rate a, 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 a centurion guard. All of these things, Jesus shows us what it means to put all of those things aside and to love to give mercy and to give grace anyway. Jesus did the same when he encountered tax collectors. During that time, he had an encounter. He called out 
Levi to become Matthew. He called out Zacchaeus, people who were despised, and he called out their name, and they had an incredible encounter with Jesus. These were the despised. They were, they were Jewish people working in cahoots with the Roman government to tax the Jewish people, so they were despised. Boy, not much has changed. We don't like to tax people either, right? And here they are in this moment, and Jesus, he, he, he calls them by name. They have a face-to-face encounter with them. This is probably not something that they had experienced before. And listen to what happened. That encounter that he had with Levi, that encounter that he had with Zacchaeus, that love and that moment drastically changed the course of their lives. Listen to this. When we show love to those who cheat us, we give space for God to step into their lives and work in his transformative power. When you and I are the agent of love, when you and I are the agent of forgiveness, when you and I are the agent uh, that, that brings that compassion and mercy, all of a sudden it opens a door for God to step in to those hearts to melt them, to cause them to be softer, tender in that moment, and for God to use us incredibly. So when we show love to those who cheat us, We give space for God to step in. Every time we take justice into our own hands, we open the door for more violence and bloodshed. But when we show mercy and give forgiveness, the violence, the hurt, the pain ends with us. Listen to this. It isn't just for our neighbor's sake that Jesus tells us to love our neighbors and to forgive our enemies. It's for our sake as well. The Lord knows what it does for you and I when we offer forgiveness, the weight of the hurt, the weight of the pain comes off of us. It falls off of our feet and all of a sudden God steps in to that moment and he not only touches them, but he touches us as well. I don't know if you've ever held on to a grudge. I don't know if you've ever held on to bitterness for someone. It doesn't hurt that person. They say that bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It doesn't. It destroys us from the inside. It hurts our heart. It hurts our thinking. It hurts our life. And Jesus is giving us a prescription for health in our body, for health in our bones. When we hold unforgiveness, when we hold that hurt, when we when we bury the hatchet but we leave the handle sticking out so that we can always go back and grab it if we need to we'll we'll bury it for now but I know exactly where it is and we pick it back up and we use it maybe we do that in our relationships Maybe we've done that a little bit too long in our relationships. Maybe that becomes a driving force in some arguments that you have from time to time and they continue to rise up because the handle is just kind of still there. We can easily grab it and we can easily throw some more mud or, yeah, with a hatchet, you probably don't throw mud, you throw blades. That's not good either. That's a little bit more dangerous. 
God's saying to us today, first and foremost, forgiving our enemy, forgiving those who have hurt us, is not for them. He gives us that command because he knows how good it is for you and for I. These are tricky days that we live in. I will not uh, paint any other picture. We live in a a unique world today. We live in a a world that that many of us have never seen. We've walked through things over the last couple years that many many of us would never have imagined. We don't know what all those things are. And as we still make our way through it, there seems to be an incredible rising pressure amongst our nation and around the world. And Jesus is still calling his people to be people of love and mercy and compassion and forgiveness to show hope where there is no hope. I I know that's difficult because I don't know about you, but when I see someone wronged or I I think differently than an opinion that is brought forward, there's something inside of me that rises up. I realize Jesus is saying, hey, I came to die for them too. I came to die for them too can rise up and yell and scream and shout and do what you want to do, but that will not draw them. How about we love one another? How about we love our neighbor? How about we love them, care for them, do whatever the Lord called? Let's let's be the agent of change. We will always stand for truth. We will stand for what's right. We will not bow to any principles that are not truth. Let me hear you. The gospel, the word of God is the truth that we base our lives on. Everything in this book leads us and guides us and brings health and restoration and healing to our body. And you know what else it does? It takes care of all the other things that you and I can't take care of. Oh, we might be able to do our part. We might be able to have a part and a role. We might have like the, the Seraphonician woman or like the Roman centurion or like that. We, we might play our role. God, God's got a plan and a purpose and this world is still in his hands and he is still wanting to seek and to save those who are lost. He is still the God who saves. He is still the God who meets people right where they are in their mud, in their hurt, in their pain, all of those things. But how will they know unless you and I show them what it means to love Jesus? to be who he's called us to be. I believe that he wants to seek and to save those who are lost. Listen to this. Last slide, I wrote it out, it's a long one, but I want you to see it. There's an incredible blessing that happens when we apply this passage of scripture to our lives. The blessing doesn't come in the form of riches and it might not even receive accolades. But when we love our enemies, we extend to others the same mercy that God gave us. And we honor the Most High in that moment by choosing to walk in His footsteps. Church today, I ask you, would you choose to walk in 
his footsteps? Would you choose to walk in the same grace that he bestowed us? Are we willing and able today to declare that we will walk in those same footsteps and follow Jesus with everything that we are? God, help us to be an incredible agent of change in this world, in our world, your world and my world. We might be in the same world, but you impact people that I will never see, I will never have an encounter with, but you will. And today I believe that God is calling us to do this very thing. And that is to allow our light to shine, to allow his light to shine through us, to become salt and light. If you are here today, I want every head up, every eye open. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Kurt, I want to be that. I want to be and model his footsteps. I want to be his hand today. I declare and I decide today, I want to be more like Jesus. Today, God, would you speak to us in this moment? God, would you make us agents of change? Show yourself mighty through this moment in our lives. God, we reach our hands out to you today and we extend them because, Lord, it's not about us. God, this world is not about us. This world is about your kingdom come. And so, Lord, we get our eyes off of all the other things and we ask, Lord, that you would speak truth to our hearts and our lives, empower us to be your footsteps walking after you. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. I want you to know there is no greater day like than today to say, you know what? I'm going to put my hope and my trust in Him. How many of you are glad that you put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ? He is here for you. I want you to know that all you have to do, the Bible says, is confess your sin, ask Him into your heart, into your life, and in that moment, you will be saved. He will transform your life. His transformative power will literally, in a moment, do some things that I know, I know I couldn't do on my own, I couldn't do it in my own strength, I needed Him all across this room as we close in prayer today. Would you just stand with me? If you would desire to follow Jesus, we as a church, we would love to help you. All you have to do is let us know. There's a card in front of your pew there. There's a welcome center. If you would take that and just drop it off there, we would love to connect with you, pray with you, help you on your journey, give you a Bible, whatever it is you need, because we believe God is doing an incredible work today. And we just want to be a part of it in your life. I'm going to invite our prayer team, uh, those who are going to be praying today, would you just come in this moment? Would you just make yourselves uh, available at these altars? church today we're going to close and if you need to go god bless you if you need to uh to head out uh we we totally understand but we're going to open up these altars today 
Uh, and we, if you are here, you know, we had a great prayer time today. There was a word from the Lord that was given. If whatever you have need of, he is here for you today. And he will meet you. He will minister to you. He will touch you. And so we want to provide an opportunity at the close of this service. If you need prayer for anything, if you need God to move on your behalf, we have prayer warriors here today who would love to join with you and pray for you to be healed, pray for you to be delivered, pray for you. Whatever you have need of today, they will be here and they would love to pray with you. Would you just all across this room, would you extend your hands to heaven? Would you just lift your hands? God, we just thank you for your work today. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've done. God, I pray in this next few moments, even as we worship you, God, as we lift you high, God, I pray that you would do an incredible work in this moment. God, I pray for those who need healing. I pray for those who need a, a touch in their body. God, I pray even today they would experience life. They would experience hope. They would experience healing. They would experience deliverance. God, even they would experience forgiveness in their own heart. God, I pray that they would lay those down in Jesus' name. Father, be with us. Go with us. Walk with us this week in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We're going to worship to this final song. If you need to go, God bless you. But if you can and desire prayer, they are here. They would love to pray for you.